Pickaxe. Welcome, thank you for joining us here on the oh Triforce God, Podcast. Very energetic. I mean, glad you got energy. Energetic, Jeez. but also, also kind of weaselly. Like, oh, thank you for joining us, old <laughs> viewer, on our journey through our crappy week. <laughs> yeah, no. Has it been that... Well, it's slightly later this morning. Um, yeah, it was a slightly... bit late. Sorry, I, my wife, uh, my wife, uh, she had a um, <laughs> appointment at the hospital, and uh, I was still waiting around for her. And uh, she finished up, but by the time we got back, it's a little bit late. So you know, but all, all good. All good. Yeah, all yeah. Good. She's yeah. very pregnant, and uh, the baby is uh, growing at a ex- exponential rate. I gotta say, <laughs> is that I mean, what the doctor did? Did he say it's growing at an exponential rate, Mister Bevan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> That's not like, what you want to hear. Yeah, That's just, what they say if there's you, some sort of alien. You're bursting <laughs> at the seams, bitch. What's going there's on? There's an alien virus growing <laughs> at an exponential rate. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. So um, no, I didn't actually go in because it's like it's still with COVID and everything. Yeah. You can go to some stuff and other stuff you can't go. It was like with the midwife or the head midwife or whatever. So like we were living in a know. new world now, where you know you can't have these comfort requirements, these sort of standardized things that you see in a movie, where it's like come in and hold my hand. It's like no, just fucking go in on your own. You could do it before. Yeah. You know what I mean, I'm not going to give you any moral support. You do it on your own. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're not allowed in, in supermarkets in pairs and stuff. Really, they sort of they don't tell you off for it, but they sort of look at you funny outside. Yeah, like, oh. one only one family. Do you guys have that thing where like if you're going to like a smaller shop, it's like only one family is allowed in at one time. Oh, well, when stop. we when we get in there and there's nobody else in there, man, we we like pitch a tent. We're there all day. Like it's amazing. <laughs> You like get the whole room. store to yourself. You're looking at stuff that you're not even interested in just because you have the luxury of not having like that one old lady breathing down your neck or standing in front of you. Like you're looking at something. She's not interested in it. And the minute you start looking at it, all of a sudden she's just like up in your grill looking at it and stuff. Like, okay, come <laughs> yeah. on, I get it. I get it. I mean, but now she can't come in at the same time. So I, 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 I just seem to see no more than two customers in the shop is the sign I see on smaller shops like news agents and off licenses and stuff. Yeah. So there's like a little queue of people waiting outside. And you always, I'm always judging the people in there. I'm like, God, why is he spending so long looking at the peanuts? You know, just pick a bag of peanuts and you can well, see. Well, I think it's because people are so bored. Uh, with being locked down and stuff that they're interested in stuff they've never been interested in yeah, before. Yeah. All of a sudden they're like, wow, peanuts are <laughs> super interesting. What's the ingredients on this one? They have to look like, oh, peanut. Of course, it's just peanuts. I never knew. Like they're, they're just amazed by this. Oh, shopkeep? These ones say with vegetable oil, and these ones say with sunflower oil. Could you please explain the nutritional differences and the flavor differences between these two kinds of peanut? Well, I'm glad you asked, young man. These ones have vegetable oil, which comes from vegetables. Which vegetables? And I bang on the door. I want milk! I want milk! But then when I'm in there... Oh, shopkeep! Shopkeep, What's your turn, sonny? I'm explaining this good good lady about vegetable oil. Uh, I've got all my own questions when I when it's my turn as well. 
to be fair. Yeah. It's, it's, Could it's, you tell me what you were telling him about the difference between vegetable oil and <laughs> sunflower oil? Mike, can you explain it to me in the language of love Spanish, please? Um, <laughs> much, I'm very bored. I need uh, to spice muy, muy up my bueno. life. <laughs> <laughs> Hola, amigo. Um, muchos gracias. And um, mi casa, su casa. Okay, well, see you later. Bye. I think that would go well. I get the impression I'm rushing, though, because I've I'm conscious of all those people outside. You know, I'm. I there's certain things like a bookshop you want to take your time in. A lot of people like chill out in a bookshop and they just they they let themselves relax. They look at they wander around. They don't really want to buy anything. You know, when was the last time you went into a bookshop and actually bought a book? Man, Every time really, I go um, in, it's different when you have kids, Lewis. You buy lots of books. Like, especially okay. if you don't yeah. want your kids to be dumbasses, you have to buy them books. <laughs> it's true. Like, if I'm so, going well, to the bookshop, we buy we, I, I pretty much books. always come out with, with books, yeah. either for me or for the kids. I feel like every time I, I see anyone in a bookshop, I don't I see people, I see them full of people, but no one's actually going to the counter and carrying anything there. And I'm always just looking at stuff as well. I'm like, yeah. you think it's a big browsy kind of thing? It is book. like, and it's nice. So it's a nice experience. Like they're very cozy and comforting. That's why they end up with coffee shops in them and stuff. You know, it's. it's I it's think a whole, that was because they were going thing. bust. I think that was the big thing. Is like, how can no we make some? Books. Yeah, That's how fine. can we make some money? Because I remember Borders. Do you remember Borders? I remember Borders. Yeah. So there was a Borders that opened in Bournemouth. It was fucking huge. It was absolutely massive. It went back for miles, and I loved it because I mean it was completely Literally unworkable. Miles. It, it came out right. exactly the wrong time, and because all of a sudden people just started buying all their books online, and and it all went to shit. But. Because Amazon used to just sell books. Like, that was the thing, right? Amazon was like a bookseller. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <clears throat> and now it's everything. But, yeah. So Borders was there, and it went back all, like, absolutely miles. And they would have, in, in the print section where they did all the newspapers and magazines, they would have all, like, American magazines and newspapers. Like, you could buy The Onion as a paper. Like, it was, but The Onion started oh. off as, as an actual newspaper before it became a website and everything. It was a, it was a newspaper. Um, and it was like a broadsheet newspaper and it had all adverts for local businesses where the onion was printed. I think it was a college town. I can't remember which one. It might have been San Francisco somewhere. I apologize, onion fans out there. But I, I used to buy it all the time. I'd go in there and get it. And it was literally the onion as a newspaper. And that was it. Because then they did all the, uh, I mean, I've got loads of, you, you see the collections of onion articles. Uh, th those used to be in print. Like that's how you'd buy it. So I'd buy that and they'd be like American magazines about video games and sport and stuff like that that you just couldn't get and then all that whole magazine newspaper thing just disappeared which is a shame because it was nice to browse but i didn't buy much to be fair as you no. say but the browsing was quite fun and then all, all weirdo books that you didn't get published over here like if you ever go to america go to the bookshop there'll be whole sort of sections of the library that you just don't get over here i'm sure we've got the same thing books loads of books about about you know american politics and sport and people that you've never yeah. heard of uh, and they'd have those at Borders. I guess they just didn't sell. It was a bad business model. But I do kind of miss it. What was the other fucking... There was like a, a, a website back in the dot-com boom when they were... Was it Pets.com when they two were cows. selling like pet supplies? Two cows. I don't know. What, like what, what the fuck is that? Yahoo. Like <laughs> <laughs> there was like basically though Amazon obviously was a, just a, a bookseller, but it's strange how it's turned into this thing. Yeah. I wonder if one of the other like... 
early internet brands could have pivoted, you know, pets.com could have pivoted from pet food into, you know, into that other market that Amazon ended up doing. I mean, you know, Amazon like had a, a good name. Grocer. It, it is a good name. Like Google, like um, regardless of what the search engines are like, I'm pretty sure the Google search engine was meant to be the best one back in the day when it was like Alta Vista and stuff like that was the, the you know, there were, there were competing Vista. search engines. Oh my God. But Google had a good name and good branding and it was a good engine and that, and I guess, I don't know if they promoted it a lot, but um, it was like just a really smart thing. Amazon, I mean, pets.com sounds shit. Like it just sounds <laughs> shit. It's a bad name. <laughs> Amazon Pets. sounds com. awesome. Amazon sounds like endless possibility. I, I don't know though. I think, it, I think it took a little while for it to stick though. I think probably at first people were like, what is that? You know, like um, it's like anything, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It, now you look back and you're like, oh yeah, fuck, you know, obviously. But like at, at the time, I'm not sure if it was I, I think something it is, that- It is still a better word than than pets.com oh sure and yeah. there was no, boo do you remember boo no there's a book about how it all went to shit for them right. they, they had things like their security guards they hired gurkhas as their security guards like really? for no reason what? other than they had gurkhas as their security guards and just showing off like the, the offices were meant to be bonkers that there's a book called fucked companies um <laughs> which is it used to be a <laughs> website it's, it's a really good literally book. what it's called yeah fucked companies and it, it's a list of all these companies from that dot-com era how they wasted money how much venture capital got pumped into these firms they would hire like 200 people they'd have these amazing offices in in manhattan somewhere and everything and then they just piss all this money up the wall yeah all these companies in that bubble that that dot-com bubble were all desperate to be the next big thing and only a few were google amazon um, I mean, MySpace came and went. Facebook was after all this dot com yeah. bubble. Um, but like a lot of those, a lot of those were built to to sell, right? And yeah. I think that's why they pumped in a lot of like like eccentricities and stuff like that, and got like you know nice looking offices and everything. Because it's just it was all just to sort of like uh, create this image, right? Of yeah, like, yeah. This is it's what so you're important. buying. You're buying something so cool, like you know. You're old. You don't understand what, like, you know, younger people want and are into, and this is what it is, and you know, pay billions for this or whatever. That that but was there, kind of the start of a lot of that. It's actually. exactly like you said about Pets.com about why companies like that failed is because there, I mean, there were companies that had this idea that you would do your food shopping online, and people just weren't ready. I honestly think a lot of these firms were ahead of their time in a way. Obviously, their execution was terrible a lot of the time. I like Pets.com just sold pet stuff. Why would you limit your business to just pet stuff? Why wouldn't you say you can buy all your groceries on this website? But no, they were like, we're going to go after the pets market because you got to focus on what you know. You got to focus on that niche. Yeah. Right, you know? but That's it's not like it's they about. knew much about pet stuff. They were build a website. I mean, you could pick well, anything. I mean, they were called Pets.com. You'd assume that they knew. At least something about pets. No? <laughs> they knew how to spell the word pets. Uh, yeah, and I guess that's it. They got a really good domain, like for they what they're doing. Honestly, like it's almost as good as porn.com, which is a yeah, website. which so, is yeah, very clever. Good. Whoever got that one first and porno.com. Porno.com. Are there single character? web urls like w.com p.com i wonder if there are, are. There? well let's have a look let's have a look and see what happens if they <laughs> I go, wonder if i wonder if we want to go to p.com what, what about poo.com it's available to buy that's weird no <laughs> uh it's not there what about b.com ww hold on nope these don't exist okay what about poop.com poop.com well, that definitely will exist right it's thinking it's taken a very long time i don't want to let this load up it's Come found on. something. It's, oh, <laughs> the site can't be reached. Oh. Check if there is a typo in poop.com. Oh, I've definitely got it right. 
Let's try www.poop.com. Apparently there is an x.com owned by Elon Musk. There's only there's only a few single letter It is there. Domains. Do you know what it is? It's a white sheet with the word x in the top left. That's it. It's the whole website is just the, uh, the letter x in the top left of the screen. Yeah. Ominous. Oh, wow. Poop.com didn't want to load. Poop.com just doesn't exist, I guess. I mean, zombo.com is the only website you ever need, really. Well, if you're... Fr yeah, sure. Welcome so, um, to Zombo.com. Talking about, like, fronts for, like, a company, I, I've, I'm sure you've heard this story before because it's sort of been doing the rounds on, on Reddit this week, but there was a great story about Accuracy International who makes sniper rifles and stuff. And um, they were, like, originally this sort of Olympic shooting group of guys who were sort of British Olympic gold medalists, right? Right. And so they... the One of one or two of them, I think, had... Were basically making custom guns. Because I think... I don't know if it works on... That's how it works at the Olympics, but I think you bring your own gun. Yeah, you um, probably... I mean, with anything at that level, there's probably... There's always going to be some degree of, like, I have to have uh, these uh, very certain specifications or else I won't be able to compete or whatever. Like, they they have sometimes they have like custom shoes and like custom bathing suits and shit like that you know right for shooting that'd be weird well it? there's um, what's that event where you have to run and go swimming and then do some shooting oh there's, right yes the um there's one of them like the heptathlon yeah or something like some that it's like it's just a bit like of everything you just gotta I be love that kind of good at like uh, like just about everything you gotta do some yeah, running it's like you just you just you gotta see do a guy some with jumping. a backpack running along yeah, to cook a, a meal, <laughs> cook a meal. <laughs> you gotta like, shoot like, some stuff you gotta do some archery on the way and some bobsledding yeah you have whatever. to write a poem like, <laughs> there's all sorts of stuff you can press some flowers yeah. <laughs> there's like a lot of stuff to do what if you went to the wrong one you went to a regular like triathlon you had a rifle they were all looking at you think what the fuck is this guy doing gets to the second stage and just starts blasting Everyone else is getting on a bicycle. Just turns up with a, just turns up with a gat. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? This isn't the hexagon. This is the hexaplexadecadodecahedron. Hex I can yeah. tell you're familiar with the, the event, sir. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the story goes that like in the 80s, there was this um, little group of guys and they were working out their garage making this, this specific guy's Olympic rifle. And they'd come up with like this design and they wanted to try it against the British sniper rifle because there were some trials that happened with the military every so often where they, you know, they, they apply for people to say, bring your rifles along, we'll choose which one's best and we'll try them all out. And so they entered this trial, not expecting to win, but expecting just to see what would happen. And they obviously completely won the trial. So the British military wanted, you know, a thousand, I think 1,100 rifles off of them. And they were just three guys in a garage. Right. Right? So, so they said, they, OK, of course. They said, OK. Of course they did, yeah. <laughs> um, because that's what they do. Yeah. And they rented out this... Um, but the, but then the British government said, oh, we're going to send around a couple of our, rec our you know, requisition lieutenants just to give you an inspection because it's standard procedure. And they're like, okay. So they rented out like a neighbouring workshop in like an industrial estate and put some workbenches on the, out and put their rifle parts on the table. Anyway, these these army lieutenants come over and, um, you know, they show them around and they're quite quick. They're like, this is where this happens. This is where this happens. It's all good. Let's go for lunch. And so they went for lunch and um, over lunch, the lieutenants were like, oh, yeah, this is just procedure, really. We just wanted to make sure you weren't, you know, three guys in a garage. <laughs> and they were like, ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of like one of these things where it is, business often is like that, right? It where, starts with a lie. Yeah, I think the story carries on that like they the guy made the first hundred in his um garage and they were really good rifles really really well accepted and then they sort of scaled up the production with this other company who sort of cut a lot of corners on material costs and one of the things they cut corners is they used a sort of cheaper material for the firing pin which 
it feels like it sounds like an important part yeah, of the rifle. Yeah. And anyway, what what it would do is it would it would break and quite spectacularly so in that it would do a, a breech explosion. Oh god! Um, yeah, which is where the the bullet just explodes in the breech and man, I did blows one of out. those on the toilet like the other day. It was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I think it injured a couple of servicemen, and then the, yeah, the ga- no, ga- garage guy. <laughs> Uh, came back in and fixed it, and it was still in service. And some of these rifles, because I think back in the day, back this was in about the eighties, they were still using a, a modified World War Two rifle. No, so Lee what they Enfield. would do is they would, yeah. they would basically take regular rifles that were used in combat and test them in ranges until they found the most accurate rifles. Because some, some rifles are more accurate than others just by build build quality. Um, and so they would take the most accurate ones they could find, and then they would stick a sniper rifle scope on them, and that was the sniper rifle for a long time. Um, but yeah, this was this was more of a sort of this is sort of evolved. But even now, I think this is like this this rifle is still like the the core design of it is still used across the world. I think it's the the AWP because they made the Arctic Warfare. That's where in the inspiration yeah, that, for the that, that, that gun's fucking bullshit. From. Like I don't know if you've ever been shot uh, at by well, it's like a one shot though like the, you you get hit in the foot with that thing and you're dead yeah no, like, that's uh, not true you, you just get legged it, it wasn't any, any CS1.6 1.6 no you, you just get true. legged a lot of the time you, you could just get legged uh-huh. and it, like right. you, if you jump at the mean? right time it means you, you shot him in the leg with the orb so you're aiming for the head or body mainly you know it doesn't matter with the orb a body shot is enough even with full armor and, and and you know kevlar and a helmet you'll still die but if you just shoot him in the leg you can survive the orb shot on like just a few hp right. really so, yeah yeah in, in csgo i just want to just for anybody wondering yeah. we're not talking okay. about real fucking life or i don't want to no, this say is, this is about... a good this is a good anecdote right. to add to mine <laughs> to put it i think you've, you've brought you've brought us back around to gaming yeah. thank you yeah, no, problem. no problem always no, looking for an it's, angle it's a pleasure i constantly hear these like little weird stories you know that that, that seem apocryphal um like there was the one which i because i was talking to ben about this and he said i watched the, the cgp gray video from a couple of years back where they were talking about how new jersey and new york had an argument over who owned Staten Island. Yeah, so they had I saw a, that as well. a racing competition about, you know, trying to go around it in a boat. And when you look into the story, of course, it's completely apocryphal. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, there's no, it's complete bull. There's no, it's just uh, it's such a good story, though, that it sticks around. And I think you notice this throughout history, too, in terms of things like um, there's this guy called Her- Herodotus. You know him? Yeah, the, the, um, uh, the historian, right? Yeah, a Greek historian yeah. from like 5th century BC. So, you know, yeah. we're talking two and a half thousand years ago here. And some people, you know, call him the father of history, but other people call him the father of lies. Yeah. Because he kind of is this character who probably made a lot of these stories, like heard the histories, heard different stories from oral tradition, and then yeah. chose the ones that sounded the best or or kind of exaggerate. He's got to make a living. I mean, anything from that long ago is going to be, there's going to be an element of telephone to it, right? Like somebody tells the story, some of it becomes myth, some of it becomes legend or whatever. Oftentimes it's exaggerated or embellished to make it sound better or more interesting or whatever. People had nothing to do back then. They just sat around campfires. They died of old age when they were 12 years old and they told stories. (laughs) There's nothing else to do. So of course there was going to be some lies. Like, you know, they were doing a lot of good stuff. They had, they had, they were, they were very enlightened. The Greeks. Well, did I tell you the one about Jason and the Argonauts? Um, you know, I just made this up uh, just now because, uh, you know, Tony told a really cool story that I'm trying to one up or whatever, but you know, it, 
people are people, right? It doesn't matter the, the day and age. It's just nowadays there's more stuff documented. It's true. We have archives yeah. of things and we have proof that something has but happened I, or I not. Wonder, I wonder if more people nowadays are being forgotten than ever before okay by which i mean like the person who um you could be so anonymous on the internet right you there might be like an amazing reddit post yeah and then it's and then the, the creator of it deletes his account so you never know who that was yeah, right? yeah it's like um i saw this thing on reddit this week of a guy called um like apparently a baseball player with one of the worst uh pitching ratings of all time in the in the league but they don't even know what his name is his name is something lewis right and he was Brindley Brindley Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't um so so i think i think this is a, a story from like 1905 or something where he was brought in as a sort of trial pitcher did a couple of innings or whatever they whatever it is in baseball i don't know the throws a couple no, of no you were right rounds. you were right innings yeah. sure and they sort of he was so terrible and i think they wrote in the paper that he was the most dreadful useless person or whatever and they put him out to the field and then he was never never appeared again but of course he's lost the time like no one knows who he was anything about him other than his surname right you know he went um and so like you know even like you know in recent history we can easily forget people i'm just saying like or 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 lose people you know and there's certainly it certainly feels like that's a long enough long enough ago 100 years 120 years that no one is alive now to even recall that person with any degree of yeah. kind of accuracy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That, guy, that guy's probably smiling in his grave as well because he's like, <laughs> oh, shit. great, I sucked really bad and nobody remembers. You know what I mean? Like that... That's, I mean, I, that, that, that's that how is I true. hope I go out. That is you know? true. We do forget things and, and, you know, things are lost, like the name of that picture, for example. But we didn't even know how many people there were 2,000 years ago. There are estimates, but nobody is conclusively, this is the correct answer. Like, most, 99.9% .9 of people aren't even written down anywhere. Like, the whole of humanity was just lost. You lived and you died and there was no record of it at all. You left nothing. That's even scarier, I think. Yeah. Like, I at mean, least now... Yeah. There is detail. I mean, if you in a thousand years' time, presuming we don't destroy ourselves and everything, there will be records, permanent records, of that we existed and our names, where we were born and when we died, it's all there in the register, who our children were. That is there. That data is preserved, whereas it just wasn't. I mean, when they talk about ancient battles, yeah. the, they always refer to the number of men fighting on each side. And there's like the actual accounts from the time. And then what they probably were. And it's normally like you have to divide it by 10. Because they're normally like 200,000 archers fired on the 800,000 spearmen and yeah. a million but men were killed. And you're thinking, that doesn't make sense. because <laughs> No, that doesn't there's probably up. like maybe uh, like, you know, like a Van Halen concert. versus 12. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, it was nuts. Like, well, you say that, but there were historians throughout history. There was this guy called Thucyd Thucydides. Was there, I though? Do you have proof? And he was... Do you have any of his <laughs> hair clippings or nail clippings or anything? Can we do well, a DNA I mean, the, the, on him? No? I mean, okay, well. Isn't it Plato or Aristotle, one of them they say wasn't a real guy, he was like a bunch of different people, like Shakespeare. People aren't even sure Shakespeare was a real dude who like wrote Kaiser all those Soze plays. as well. I mean, same Kaiser thing. Kaiser Soze! <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Well, to some extent, yeah, some of Shakespeare's plays that, that aren't necessarily guaranteed to be from him. And the same, and that's relatively recent. You're right. But the same thing with the books, books of the Bible, you know, the author's you know, very it varies on how long after Jesus lived that they actually even wrote those books. Allegedly so, lived, know, Lewis. Allegedly lived. Well, I don't know. Some, some things there's little evidence for. But some things there's a lot. Like this, this Thucydides was in. Oh, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. 
but um, I only read about there, there's him a on guy Wikipedia, called Josephus. So I haven't been educated. So here's the problem: there's there's a guy called Jos- Josephus. He was a historian, supposedly uh, contemporary to Jesus. He was a Roman historian, and supposedly you can look all this up. He was he said there's a guy called Jesus, and a bunch of Christians follow him and believe in him, and this is happening over in in uh, Jerusalem or whatever. And the problem is that that quote has been modified. So he's the actual quote is. There are some people who believe that there's a guy called this. Not there is a guy called this. So history has changed, not just, it's not just is it inaccurate at the time it's written, because you've got to to judge what are the motives of the person writing it. You've also then got to say, this then gets translated through all these different scribes over time, and some of them are biased and change things. Well, I mean, the Bible has, has changed. This has happened since antiquity, though. Like, yeah. Exactly. Even earlier, yeah, like, yeah. So, so since, I mean, Egypt, right, um, there's this, uh, people were finding sort of lists of kings on walls of tombs, and they would notice when they were ex- excavating these tombs that some of them were wrong <laughs> because they didn't, because res- they were, they had an earlier version or a different version. And it and it's like any ancient Egypt, you know, we're talking a long time BC here, they were actually editing their own history to remove people that they didn't like or didn't favor. They were deleting kings. They were, yeah. you know, they were actually changing their own history back then. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it is a, a part, I mean, it's a, it's the same thing with this Staten Island thing that when you start looking back on it, what you have is the reason that we have this anecdote now is because we saw it on Reddit. But before Reddit, there was some newspaper thing from 1950 and a documentary from 1925 and a, newspaper report that that was based on from 1885 and then it keeps going back and it loses something every step of the way and then when you look back at the original documents you're like wow this is completely different and sometimes those documents don't exist at all sometimes they're actually really rich and really detailed and have a lot of really interesting stuff to say because some people did keep very good records and did there are historians throughout history who who were sort of scientific almost in their efforts to to preserve what they saw as important knowledge for the future um and so we do have some really great bits of real history if if you if you if you if you're looking if you look in the right place oh, yeah. but much but at the same time we are surrounded by bullshit every day you know that anecdote i told about the rifle thing that might be it that might, might be bollocks, bollocks. yeah it might i just be saw a reddit thing and have parroted it badly you know yeah i could have made mistakes and you yeah know, but it's an interesting but it's, but it's a cool it's, story it's an interesting right? listen yeah that's the thing i mean it doesn't i you know what i mean i don't know if it matters really in some cases like what we I took away from it is Fake it till you make it. I, I think what, it does that's matter. That's I, I think it does matter. We, we, I mean, we are doomed to repeat the failures of the past. That's humanity, right? But yeah. if we, if our history isn't accurate, it's like not knowing if you didn't know your own life history. As as a species, us not knowing where we came from and how we got here, I, I think first of all, it's very interesting to know all this stuff. That's the the main point of history is it's just really interesting. I mean, there's no scientific benefit to knowing how the Egyptians carved hieroglyphs or really being able to read them other than, wow, isn't this fascinating? I mean, there's no material difference to people's lives when you go to look at a piece of ancient, some ancient relic that's like 5,000 years old, they're dug out of the ground. It's worth checking like, they don't looking- mention aliens. Though. It's worth checking. <laughs> checking, yeah. you know. Well, but it's, you I know, mean, there's I mean, no material benefit, but it is important to us, I think, to know because we all know that we're going to die. So it's interesting to go and see that there were people before us, and the assumption is there will be people after us. It's all about this continuity and saying we're all still here. There have been people here, and there will be people here. Don't worry, because I think most people, I definitely suffer from existential dread on behalf of the human race. Not like some kind of martyr, but I just think, wouldn't it be awful if this all stopped? 
Like if we all just died and went away, how tragic would that be? We're so wow. rare. We're like a jewel in yeah. this galaxy. This amazing, intelligent life that can explore space and do all these wonderful things and all these awful things. It would be tragic. So knowing that there's that, continuity is important. I think that you. I think that. I think that we are in this um, world of since, since sort of thermonuclear weapons suggested of actually wiping out life. We we do live in an age where for the very first time we could completely be wiped out. And that is pretty terrifying because throughout history, you know, humanity's kind of been going like cockroaches throughout everything. Right. Plagues and it was, plagues it was and disasters. Rise or fall, right? And, yeah. you know, it, it was. But somewhere humanity would be quietly progressing towards the next, um, you know, advance, whether it was, was in China or South America or somewhere, you know, where they, you know, they... We're we're constantly improving, and it's obviously it's been an exponential yeah. rate of increase lately. Uh, but but yeah, it's, it is it is terrifying that we now have these fears that an asteroid could strike and wipe everyone out, or that that we could kill ourselves with climate change, or that a solar flare will knock everything out and will descend into anarchy. I mean, you've only got to look at the way our, off. our media has changed. End of the world scenarios are very common these days in movies and stories and stuff like that it, uh, there's a lot of focus yeah. but then again, for that like, reason back in the day i think god was going to destroy the world it was going to be the end of days people were thinking throughout history that the end of days is imminent and it sort of ticked on but they also regardless. all thought they'd go to heaven like they were yeah, like yeah think, god well, will come down he's going to rain hellfire but i'm one of the good guys so you also need to understand that a large majority do still think that mm. <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's some crazy amount still believe in um in this kind of fairy tale stuff it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty surprising i, I think uh i i know I've, I've, i'm reading this book called sapiens at the moment um which is really really good it's all about the history of, of mankind and where we came from and stuff like that it asks some really it's a, it's, it's it's yeah it's a Yuval great book Noah Harari. Right, right. i've read it it's, it's, a, it's a, a wonderful wonderful book everyone it's like if you go to any meeting with like trendy people and they'll all be like oh have you read sapiens <laughs> oh yeah I've read it. it's one of those it's one yeah. of these things it's, it's a uh, very good book i mean it, it does ask some interesting questions um so sometimes, you, like a lot of the stuff he says, actually makes you question, like uh, your your opinion about about broad things. Like at the chapter one of the moment is like empires, and he said that throughout history, people one way or another have lived under some kind of an empire, whether you even realize it or not. The influences of those empires stay with us; yeah. they stick around. So, for example, when the Roman Empire fell, and everyone was like, you know, yay, we're free or whatever. They still spoke the same languages and they had all these vestiges yeah. of that empire. So the influence of it is so vast and it permeates so much of your society that it's impossible to really say that the empire didn't have a lasting effect. There is no freedom from it. Once no, you are in the... it, you're in it for good. And even if the empire falls over, you are still going to live that same life because your society has changed according to whatever the, the dominant empire was at that time. There's stages of it too, though, right? Like sometimes these, these empires start uh, very small as like a, a a revolution against a like an existing structure or whatever exactly. and there's a lot of popular support for it and it means something different than it eventually becomes you know right. we that's we exactly remember it. an empire in its in its final days and that's what it's remembered for but um in some cases you 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 remember a, a fallen empire for some of the good things that it, it did or introduced to the world or whatever and i think now especially nowadays in modern times we have that ability to 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 look at it from all angles rather than maybe 
you know, centuries ago where we might not have looked at it that way. We might have just think, thought, oh, it's old, so it's bad. Or, right. You know, what we're doing now is the way, you know, like it's it just I think it's just it's just a, like a, a natural evolution of uh, thought and, uh, what, you know, what people are willing to do put up with. Like uh, it, it, it's it is interesting stuff for sure. I, but, I mean, I the, the, his, his main thing enough. was that when we when we talk about uh, we need to you know it, they're destroying this this way of life and everything what you're actually doing is replacing one empire with another so yeah. you, there is no original like that's that's his point is you have to go back so far to get to what actually was the original culture of a place that all you're doing when an empire comes in and replaces what feels like the way of life there it's actually just you're replacing another empire which whose effect was there and you'd have to replace that one and go back and go back and go back through history to the point where essentially you're saying well Anything that's happened since like 3000 BC was when there might have been some original settlements and, and sort of countries and stuff like that. Everything since then is just empires stacking on top of each other throughout yeah. history. I, yeah. I think that I, th I always thought that was interesting because we always think of whatever happened before now as being the original. That's the way things used to be. So the example he gives is India and India prior to Britain yoinking it and taking it over and, and being dickheads. Prior to that, the people like, oh, they've taken our way of life and our empire. But they'd already been conquered by a previous empire, which was like yeah. whatever the empire was in India. So that wasn't the original way of life. And actually, you'd have to go back past yeah. that one and that one. And I thought, wow, I never really thought of it that way. Like, we come to accept. Well, yeah, yeah I think the original empire is. that took it over was actually uh, the uh, Pennywhacker Empire. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> went on to do a complete map paint, total world domination, uh, with yes. promoting oh, a religion yeah, of nudity. Yeah. CK2! Uh, where you cover yeah. the entire... You tie, that was a real epic achievement. I was, I saw the pictures, sure I couldn't was. believe it. Sure was. Yeah, I couldn't Could believe not it. Believe Man, it. it was frustrating though. It was a frustrating task, but I did I did get there in the end. You know, was, it, it well, does amaze me. The game breaks. It's just not the game was not designed for you to do that. Like right, clearly. But, but what amazes me is I didn't no think I didn't think you it, were no. designed to do that. Like you personally, Sips, I, I didn't think that you would be able to put up with that bullshit. Because yeah. like me, you're very sort of, ah, fuck this, and I'm Yeah, done. no, I, there was many times where I was like, yeah, fuck this, I don't want to do it anymore. But you get so far down a road where you're like, man, I just have to do it, you know? Yeah. I don't yeah. want to let down my fans. I don't want to, you know, don't want to let down, let down myself. my mom, uh, like, you know, my, <laughs> my God and everything. Like, I just owed it to everybody at that point just to see it through. And I, I got there. I, have I you, have the you played line. Stone Shard yet? Uh, yeah. You know, is that that one that looks really nice? It's like, um, like an RPG or, yeah. or is that that horribly hard? It's really oh tough. My God. So yeah. I played it yesterday. And the tutorial level is hard enough. Like, getting out of the tutorial is like, fuck me, this is hard. There's a boss fight at the end of the tutorial, and I had to do it like 10 times, and I finally did it. It was very tough. It is a hard game. I had it, some gripes with it at the time. I, I, I didn't like it that much from what I remember, but I can't remember what I, the gripes I were. I got into it, I really liked it, but I had to quit playing because at a certain point, there was a ghost enemy who had 99% physical evade. And I couldn't escape. Yeah. And I didn't have anything that didn't because I was playing the warrior. Right. So I had nothing that did anything other than physical damage. And so I literally couldn't beat him. <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so it, that's when I rage quit that game. But it is an excellent game. And hopefully maybe they so change I changed that. So I rage quit about 10 minutes after the tutorial. So I did yeah, the tutorial. Sure. Okay. Ten, oh, ten I, I, I remember I quit. rage quitting that game as well. But it, it was I... for the simple reason there's no way to fucking save. Like the difficulty I don't mind. But there is, the only way to save is you have to go all the way back to town. And, and sleep. Oh. So the, the issue with the game is not that it's hard. I don't mind that it's hard. That's fine. Like, if it's going to be hard, at least I'll give it... I mean, Tarkov is a very hard game. 
But when I die in Tarkov, I don't lose everything and go back an hour. No. It's it's madness. Yeah, yeah. It's madness to design a game this way. And I was talking about it on because I played it yesterday on stream. People have this idea that not being able to that's being able to save the game is like some recent cod like coddling of the gaming community. And oh nowadays you can just save any time. In my day, we you know, that was now they designed games. They couldn't save the game. We had a horrible experience right. where we had to do a whole do the bloody same thing, thing again. You that we just physically done can't again. save the game. That's why There's it's a, there. I think the thing with the with with designing a game though is that there it's a it's a it's a balancing act, right? Like. If there's something really hard in the game, uh, it has to be balanced out with with a payoff for it being hard, right? But in some cases, I find that a game is just hard for the sake of being hard. It's like it's like a half-baked mechanic or half-baked exactly. idea. And it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know why... I don't know who sat in a room and decided it was a good idea when you're trying to to make something engaging and ultimately fun for somebody to come back and do over and over again... Um, just to, to put somebody off like that, especially at such an early stage in the game, just seems like bad design. I, I agree. I, there's no other way to explain it. And if, uh, if funny, a game is designed funny. badly, it's 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 never going to go anywhere. And the, the problem is, is now as well, I find, uh, especially like in Twitch chat and stuff, I don't know if, they, if people defend bad design just to spite you or if they actually <laughs> think that it's worth defending. But you know what I mean? It's not... It's not meant to be that way. Like these these games I, I, are just mm. meant to be better than a lot of them are. You know what I mean? But I, they're I just think poorly it is a designed. balancing act, right? Behind be, between hard and you know, the, think of some of the most popular games. Dark, of recent Dark Souls times. is a is a prime example. They, very they hard are game. Very 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 hard, and but very satisfying once you know what you're doing. Yes. And actually, you get better quite quick. Like it, pitching that difficulty is very tricky because you don't want to just end up with. A button masher or something that doesn't make you pay attention to what buttons you're pressing right. or or something where you're not learning and suddenly you get to a boss and you can't beat him because everything else has been easy and you haven't had to learn or you haven't had to take anything in it i guess it's just very tricky and i think they do end up skewing to the side of a very difficult to begin with like i remember i played um remnant from the ashes i died on the first boss like 20 times and then didn't die again in the entire game right um it was very strange to play that as an experience because it kind of felt like the, the difficulty was out of whack. Yeah. Um, so so, I didn't so here's, here's the thing. When I, I was thinking about this, a lot of the games that I have an, an issue with when it comes to, to difficulty, like Dark Souls is very, very hard. Everybody knows that. But the point is you, you might have to restart a bit of a level or you might have to, you know, but you, you dip in and out. You don't lose everything. Like it's not like you go back to zero like you used to. Like it used to be like battle toads yeah, or whatever. It's, it's, you run out of lives, that's it. You've got to start no, the you, whole game again from scratch. They figured out checkpoints and saves and stuff like that. Yeah, like a, the, it, 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 it's just the concept of lives and continues from right. NES days, right? Like right. You, that's what it was. That's what you you had to work with. You knew like if you're playing a game like Double Dragon 2 or whatever, you knew that there were certain parts that were tough that you just had to really sort of like hunker down and get through them as best you could to make sure that you had a better chance at beating the game like after them or whatever. Right, right. Like that stupid jumping puzzle with the spikes that was right. just a, a one hit and it, would, it was just designed to but, eat quarters. But so here's and what I was thinking with something like Battle Brothers, which is a very hard game. Like I, I play that game on stream quite a bit. It is a brutally hard game. Sometimes the round will start and their guy on the opposition, like I so said, it's a, it's a hex-based, um, turn-based fight-em-up, basically. You have a squad of mercs, 
you fight enemies, you improve your gear, you improve your skills, you fight quests and stuff like that on, on around the map. It's a, it's a fun game, but it's incredibly hard. I have to play it on easiest difficulty most of the time. Otherwise, the combat is just punishing. And the amount of oh, time it yeah, takes... To, to the point where you're doing fine, you go into one fight, boom, and then you've lost, lost the everything. Game. And it's like, oh, what? Like, you can literally yeah, have turn one with no actions on your part. Literally nothing that you can do. The round starts, they have a crossbowman with better initiative than you, and he domes and kills your best lad with no input from you. You're literally hands off the keyboard and you can lose something that's like, well, that's literally the game. Because I, that guy I, is the most important and, guy that we have. And it sucks because there's no arcing progression either. Like you've you've already invested everything in getting to that point right. and then you lose it in an instant to like something that. that either you're not aware of or that you weren't aware of and enough of to be prepared that, for. It's not recoverable. It's not like yeah. you've lost a guy and you're like, fuck it, he's dead, I can recruit another archer. Yeah, yeah. You know, recruiting another guy of that quality or that a similar, or even an inferior replacement costs you all the resources right, right. that you've that you've got from the next 10 battles. And it represents which one of them hours. Is gonna be, it represents hours. I know, hours. it does. And so it's it's not very well designed in many cases, that game. But so I here's think. what I think with, with regards to Stone Shard and games like that, is you've got to think, who's making these games? These are not made by committee or a large group of people. No. Quite a few of these games are made, I mean, not putting Dark Souls and stuff like that aside. Let's talk about the smaller indie games that are brutally hard. The problem is, if there's a one or two person team, they might just be really, really good at games. And to them, it's like, oh, it's easy. You just, well, it's not you just do also, this and you do that. These and... people are specialized. These, You've got a guy who's doing the art, he's doing the right. game design, he's doing the fucking coding, he's doing everything. He has to make a fun game and experience based on what his experience is and his experience Experiences, you ask him, have you played this game? Have you played this game? He will say no to all those questions <laughs> right. because he's not hes not a superhuman who knows everything about no, yeah. everything. He's and played has the games all, that he's the played time. and then he's designing a game based on his experience or whatever. I understand that. Um, but I just think that like... Uh, if stuff, if certain games were designed a little bit better, or at least if they took feedback from people and didn't just like completely ignore it and think that they know better, um, some of these games would just do better. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, th I, th I think there's a there's a mixed bag though too, right? Listening to the community can ruin your sure. game. Yeah, and I, and I think like I think uh, anyway. Basically, I think what's happening here is is the same thing as with Empire. We have these very deep roots set down years ago throughout history where they affect things today in ways we don't really understand. You know, walking around Bristol, I will see Church of England schools and I will see, you know, lots of things that were kind of obviously changing and dynamic. And looking at how Colston Hall uh, used to be called Colston Hall, which is the way that they threw... Out in Bristol, there's been some riots this week. Oh, I don't yeah, know if yeah. Oh, talking yeah. About so, that. yeah. But it's certainly an interesting thing to to, to go into. But, but one of the things they've done is they've been changing the names of this, these places, like Colston Tower is now Beacon Tower. Right, right. A lot of the pubs that were named after slavers or people who... Investors who got a lot of money from the slave trade um, have been sort of changing their names. And it's because they, these are just deep roots that have gone unchanged for many many years and i think with religion also, I just with think the way people we didn't do know. things like honestly a lot of the time it's just it oh it's always been the colston arms or whatever like you just don't know it's no it's, well there's no need to change in, it either you right? don't think so there's no and i think that a lot of empire and a lot of systems and a lot of things we have stick around it, looking at i was listening to a podcast about um apartheid in south africa and you know that was still going into you know the 60s and 70s oh, well, later it? than that and, way yeah, later than that 
like it was well, like in the ninety two or yeah. something stupid like was that. It? Was Good it? Lord. Yeah, it was fucking yeah, so yeah. late. And that is that is obviously something which was you know I mean apartheid means apartness. That's yeah, the actual yeah, yeah. Where, where the word comes from. And the idea is that it's segregation really, and black only beaches and white only you know water fountains and things like this. And it was astonishing that that has been so prevalent. And you realise it is from this very deep-rooted racism and very deep-rooted sort of thing that, that that's so ingrained in the society and the empire that you can't change it. And, and a similar thing with video games, you know, the, these... We th- we're 37... I'm 37 years old. I'm just assuming you're my I'm age. 27, But yeah. we've been playing games <laughs> for years and games have been shaped and have been created in in a certain way but also this massive now there's so many people involved and so many people who, who are just doing their own thing and getting on with life and and don't have don't have a desire or or it, it takes a lot of effort to make big changes right yeah. and someone's going to have to deal with that if you were a politician and you were like oh fuck it can't we just leave everything as it is there's less work for me isn't it you know well, that's, that's the basis have, of like, conservatism is we don't need to change. Everything should pretty much stay the same. It's fine as it is. That's that's the nature of conservatism. It's like the laziest idea ever, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, but it also really appeals to people. I mean, here's the thing. If if you've grown up in an area, let's say you've grown up in Bristol your whole life, as I'm sure many people have, if everything is, to you seemed fine and people come along and start changing it, in the, in your mind, it doesn't need changing. Like the, the the core the core belief of conservatism is why can't we just keep things as they were? Like why do we need to change things? Everything's fine as it is. It's a very selfish point of view, which is I don't think it should change. And even if changing things, like the name of a fucking place or taking down a cocking statue nobody cares about, even if that to you means nothing, it represents change and change is bad and scary. And I think in, in the minds of some people, why are these people meddling? They're just messing with things. It, it doesn't matter to me, therefore it doesn't matter. Mm. And that's that's the problem, is that when something really does matter to people, if it doesn't actually fucking affect you, and it doesn't, why are you so against it? If it really does affect people, that the idea that a fucking slave trader has a pub named after him, it should change, because what difference does it make? It's still a pub. But it yeah. matters to some people. Just because it doesn't matter to you doesn't mean it's not an issue. And I think that's the problem is we're very self-centered and focused on what well, doesn't matter to me. Load of bollocks, isn't it? It's like those people, like I, I, if you see on Twitter, like when people, when MF Doom died, I think The Guardian or a couple of other newspapers published like MF Doom. It was a legendary rapper. He was a fantastic rapper. Yeah. He died. Half the fucking replies were, ooh, never heard of him. And that to me represents the same issue that you have when you want to change the name of something is, well, I've never heard of it, therefore it's not important, but I still feel that my voice must be heard. I don't understand this. I don't know what it's about. I disagree yeah. just because I don't like change or things that I don't know about. It's the same deal. I, I hadn't heard of this Colston guy before all this all this happened, but once it was brought to my attention, this guy was a fucking slave trader. And by the way, a lot of people in Bristol made a lot of money from that. We all did back then. If you say that needs to be addressed, suddenly you're some, oh, he's, these upstarts and all protesters and everything. How is it not the right thing to do? It blows my mind. Yeah, I don't what really is your understand. fucking hold on this? Why do you want to cling to the past you didn't even know about? I agree. I don't know why it means uh, it means so much to uh, people on the side of um, don't change anything. I, I don't get it. I don't get what their investment is in it. It's like, oh, well, the statue's been there forever. What? Exactly. You never even fucking notice it. So why don't we just take it down and replace it with something like a bit more appropriate? It doesn't matter. Like, if it doesn't matter to you, yeah. you shouldn't care about it coming down either. Like, it's... Well, companies c- keep... Uh, actively proactively rebrand themselves don't they every 10 years because their brand feels like oh it's a bit old a bit of a boomer brand now let's just rename ourselves zazzle 
uh, and then suddenly it's like the new fucking thing. I think there is this this thing where um, there's this idea of um, which I always remember from reading Foundation Isaac Asimov when I was younger, and I'm sure you've read it as well, P Flex. I actually of, haven't. Yeah. Loads of people keep telling me I That's should. That's really I'm just like, I look and it, it's so big. It's a very classic. <laughs> I mean, I haven't sci-fi. read it, but you didn't even consider me as a candidate for somebody who would have read it. You just you just jumped right to Flax. So, You're like, oh, I'm sure. So, me and Flax being intellectuals, I'm sure Flax has read it. Um, this dumbass over here probably has not he's just gonna make some more poop and dick jokes now um as someone who wrote, wrote a sci-fi book which was very much inspired by these old sci-fis i assumed he'd also read one to of be absolutely ones, fair but... sips you did say within this four, 50 minute recording yeah i don't read much like you literally yeah, but said i thought maybe true. he didn't hear that that was just that was just a throwaway <laughs> comment we listen we listen to you uh, so anyway, there's this idea of uh, psychohistory, which is kind I'll just of go to the, the bathroom. Idea. I mean, this is just going to be far too much for my little brain, of course. No, uh, just... it's it's it basically says that you know you can't predict the future, but you can predict the actions of large, very large groups of people, such as an empire. So you can see where the empire will be, or in in this amount of time, like like kind of like broad predictions about history. Like if we know where the population of the earth is going we can see how many people it'll have by this date and if things keep going this way you know if you if you put sort of we can model the idea is that you can model the future with yeah. history and sociology and, and look at look into the past to see what's going to happen again because history has this habit of repeating itself it's a very interesting concept but um you know it, bristol certainly has like a history of rioting throughout weirdly throughout history um, and, and fairly regularly, like just before we came to Bristol in 2011, there was this thing called the St. Paul's Riots. And we actually had our office was actually just yeah, yeah. on the edge of St. Paul's. Um, yeah, well, that's we an area that's that's um, sort of coming up now, isn't it? It's like being gentrified. And it was like a, a little bit around sort of like Cabot and stuff, right? It was. Yeah, I mean, that has it its own issues because that kind of squeezes out yeah, yeah. people with lower income, yeah, yeah. which is a bit of a problem. Uh, I mean, that's the nature problem. of any gentrification is that. I mean, it, it surely if you if, if you go to these places before they've been renovated, that they are not great places to live. Like they just no. aren't. And yeah. the fact is that coming in with some money, doing up the houses, building some new buildings, new shops, new amenities, it also forces government to build better links to those places and things like that. People can now commute from there to work. It does improve neighborhoods, lowers crime, raises education, all the rest of it. In theory, but it does yeah. push people out. The people that were living there get pushed out and they can no longer afford to live there yeah or it's like why wouldn't i sell like now my house is worth five times what it was 10 years ago so i'm gonna sell but then where do i go so they have to move out to another neighborhood and they're pushed out and pushed out and those communities get destroyed so there there are there are ups and downs to both sides and it was largely i mean uh, talking about sort of slavery although bristol was very involved in the slave trade and has you know a lot of history with that i mean even before you know what we consider to be the main area of slavery you know there was you know we were selling welsh welshmen and irish people and english were people as slaves back in yeah back in like 11 oh, okay. like 1100 1200 I you meant like recently. Um, no so bristol was involved in slavery back in the day oh, wow. and then obviously the the sort of set the, the whole the whole triangle you know of um sending sending slaves from africa to america and then bringing back sugar to britain and then um I, I, was, I don't know what we were sending down to Africa to buy the slaves. I assume the, the goods that we produced. Oh, like like ramen stuff, I think we were selling. 
back. So it was this it was this kind of triangle, and Bristol was this big part of it. But as a result, England or Britain doesn't ha- didn't ever have many slaves, and so mu- much of the Black British um, community, I think, are people who've come back from Caribbean countries in the Commonwealth in the Windrush generation, mm. right? Which is something which I didn't really know about until there was sort of this sort of, sort of a scandal relatively recently, yeah, yeah. where a lot of these people were not were kind of a lot of these people who'd been here for 50 years uh, were suddenly found that they didn't they weren't really allowed to be here or, or whatever well or funnily enough speaking of uh, mf doom the same thing happened to him he was born in uh really? he was born in london his parents moved to new york he was raised in new york he doesn't even remember uh, living in england ever because he was so young when he moved to new york um, he lived in in new york his whole life um one year he decided to go on tour Came back to the States, didn't have documentation, and they're like, sorry, you can't come back. And he was just like, uh, okay. And then had to, actually had to move to the UK. Really? Yeah. MF Doom lived in the UK? He did, yeah. He moved, wow. to, he moved to the UK, I think, in 2010, because he had to. They just wouldn't let him back in. Wow, and he was crazy. away from his family for about two years as well. Because his wife and kids were still in New York and they had to move over. He just couldn't get back. It is pretty amazing how shitty all this visa situation is. Even between UK and USA, it's so difficult to get move and move around. It's it's crazy, really, how difficult it is. Bearing in mind we're two two, two of the most, you know, know, safe and successful countries in history, potentially. You know, Um, the fact that you can't... It's so so difficult for people to be with their their family. Um, I, I, I... I'm just stunned about that. anyway, but that's un- unrelated. So, so th- there is there is this very big, um, especially in St. Paul's, there was this big community of um, of largely, I guess, like black people of Afro, like uh, African Caribbean descent, right. you know. But much, but but now just British, you know, as as British as you get. Yeah. But they were kind of being harassed, I think, a lot by the police, and you know, this was even this is only ten years ago. There was this place called the Black and White Cafe, which was like the most raided. Uh, cafe or premises in 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 ever by the police i think they raided it like 300 times uh, you know it's insane yeah, um, yeah and so eventually i think it just it just people just got angry and there was one time they raided and they were taking some stuff away like i think they were taking some alcohol away and um and it kicked off into a sort of a little riot really and uh, and i don't think anyone was killed I think a lot of people were injured on both sides. So these and these riots they had the other day, did you see any of them? So it? obviously the first thing I knew about it, because I'd been out that day walking around Bristol and I hadn't seen anything, and I heard all these helicopters like in the sky, and they're so loud. Yeah, yeah. you know, you yeah. really can tell um, what's going on. And so yeah, we like um, then I got a text off my mum saying, oh, "Are you all right?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And she was like, "Oh, there's some riots going on in Bristol," and I was like, "Is there?" And obviously, I was like, oh, well, I guess that's what all the helicopters right. are. <laughs> and so um, I was looking up on the news, and I didn't know as much as you, really. And then the day after, I went over to have a look, and basically what had sort of happened was it had been a fairly... So we got this... After, after you know, after the previous thing where the Bristol hit the news because we uh, they chucked the statue yes. in, the, um, in the canal... There's now this new sort of crime bill, which is kind of cracking down a bit. And you can get 10 years in prison for destroying or damaging a memorial, which is what that counts as. Uh, so that the is, people that's who did wild. That, that, that's fucking crazy. Would get 10 years. I mean, the thing is, how 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 different is that to like, uh, you know, somebody you like there's there's a case over here recently where a guy was had had they found a ton of like, uh, you know, images like child porn and everything. And he got like two years for it. 
and you think how that's much more damaging than somebody tearing down a statue. You go to prison for 10 years for that. It's just completely out of whack. It just doesn't make any sense. It does feel like a little bit of a then again, obviously, there's always circumstances, you know, it depends what people do. If they bomb something or, you know, I don't know, there's there's different levels. You know, if someone bombed Tower Bridge, I think that would be quite different to hitting a, you know, or or throwing a paint bomb at like a slaver statue. Anyway, I think people in Bristol were unhappy about this thing. They did a march and then I think a few people took it obviously way too far yeah. and started kind of like setting fire to stuff and graffitiing and smashing the windows at the police station which is quite a ballsy thing to do really you know if you think you're having a riot you go straight to the police station and start shelling that which is kind of like you think it will be date the opposite right you think you try to do it as far away from the police yeah, stations yeah. as possible it's kind of like i don't know like well, you've got to go GTA. after the death star lewis like you know you don't you don't go and attack some outpost you go to the death star that's, that's it that's the I that's kind the of, rebel alliance I kind of respect that so what one of the things i saw um on twitter was that the somerset and avon police had sort of posted you know uh, due to covid please don't attend this protest please protest virtually and i was like you're fucking joking me please <laughs> please attend virtual protests what on zoom you know like what good is that gonna do do you know what I mean that, that's almost insulting to the point of kind of i think stuff like that like so being so out of touch and being so kind of I don't know. That, that almost to me annoys me stuff like that. Yeah. So I think a couple of people were very. Um, uh, but obviously, what you have is you have some people who just want to cause chaos. Of course, in this. Yeah, and yeah. so you end up with a uh, kind of a problem. So yeah, it's it's. I think a few police policemen had were injured and and some things were set on fire. But right around the next morning, and the only thing around there was a few sort of boarded up windows and one burned out bin and a load of police a load of tv cameras yeah a load of they you know burned, like bbc they, tv they team like loads of cameras just on every and... street corner looking at a building yeah. you know it's like oh they'd obviously sent all their police or their all their film crews down and so it's just a road full of cameras looking at nothing because there wasn't really i mean that area is a bit of a shithole anyway uh it's always a bit of a mess you know it's not like it's um it's not like it's fucking you know some beautiful complete mall right. or you know some elegant are you the are you right now thing. being the what? <laughs> i couldn't tell the difference guy is that, is that what you're <laughs> i kind of couldn't i kind of couldn't okay. yeah no just check so a, a friend of mine um was there was a conversation on Facebook. I, I didn't dip into it because I, I sometimes like to read my friends' conversations on Facebook and just Stop there's them. no point getting involved, you know. Just, um, just creep them. So a friend of mine was saying um, that he's agrees with the protests and fair enough, but why did it have to descend into violence? Why did they have to do this, that, and the other? Yeah. Um, so a lot of the time, the way that we're told about these protests is obviously via police spokesmen and establishment news like the BBC and stuff like that. And they don't want to come out and make a statement of any kind of political statement. So the way they report these things is always very careful. And the wording that they use yeah. is very calculated to create a very clear division so that people can say, oh, I'm sure that, you know, it was a bit of, of six of one and half a dozen of another. And nobody really blames. The protest happens and we feel bad for the protesters, but they hit a van. So, you know, it, it's sort of, you know, it's an even fight. And you don't need to pick a side. That's pretty much the way it's presented. And one, one of the things you'll often see is police injuries. It'll say seven police officers were injured. So there, were, there was a Guardian article you can find about this. There's a protest a while back. I think it was one of the ecological protests. And they listed 
seven police injuries. And due to a Freedom of Information Act, they went and got a list of what those injuries were. Six of them were insect bites, one of them was toothache. These are the official police listings of what those injuries to the police were. Anything that happens to them whilst they're on duty counts as an injury, right. and it's injured at this riot, therefore you look at the newspaper headline and you see seven police injured and you think, wow, they really must have been cracking heads and I'm sure that you know rioters were fighting back and all the rest of it. Yeah. But a lot of the time it's absolute <laughs> bollocks, so the way it's reported is very important. And what we yeah. don't hear, when these riots are happening, it's not well, often it's an that interesting you get point. a reporter in the middle of it. I I, I found out about this uh, via the national news, like the 10 o'clock news. Um, but had it not been for the for the actual violence and stuff like that, would it have been covered on the national news? I don't know. Like, I mean, right. it was still a, a fairly big protest about something important. But I think possibly without the fact that a police car was was set on fire and there was a lot of uh, like, you know, some violence and, and whatever. I don't know if it would have made the national news. And personally, I probably wouldn't have heard about it unless I would well, have read the, about it here's the thing. in like a local right. paper right, right. or whatever. I, I, you I know? feel like a riot doesn't have, these days, doesn't have to be full of death and carnage. It just has to hit the national news and get it. That's how, it, as long as it's got that attention, it's fine. And I, I mean, I'm talking about these St. Paul's rights and stuff, and they were they were actually in the sort of 80s, um, a lot of the, when, when there was a lot of other troubles, a lot of anti-Irish sentiment, and there was a lot of poor Irish population as well who were involved. And so there's lots of social injustice type situations that have been going on for a long time and still really relevant today. And I mean, even, um, so the one that happened in 2011 was in Stokes Croft, which is up kind of Gloucester Road. It's the kind of sort of trendy, Banksy area, you know, yeah. of uh, Bristol, yeah. kind of quite, quite kind of um grimy homelessy pink pink hair kind of you know that attitude um very chilled very nice place actually to live but they had uh, so their riot in 2011 was about the opening of a new tes tesco metro you know because it was because they were sort of raiding these squats and stuff to like yeah, to move people make, along so make that they way could for this gentrification open up coffee area, shops yeah. and all the things that yuppies exactly. need. Yeah. All the all the vital work. And like it kind of coffee. made this it kind of upset the community and I think it kind of ended up with this sort of kind of very 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 loud and explosive and very colorful riot but uh, probably the only injury was when you know the police went to the pub afterwards and accidentally hit one of the other ones with a dart or something i don't know jeremy <laughs> like you said it's kind of like not it's not it, it wasn't it wasn't conventionally but that in a sense like that's i think these protesters also don't want to hurt people necessarily they just they're just angry and they they want to to make a make a noise yeah yeah, yeah. and some of them do want to cause chaos I guess. Do, there, yeah. there, there are definitely some people that like anarchist groups and stuff like that that go to protests like this. of course yeah because they just want to they literally want to dismantle the state and this is their sort of expression of that and you know i'm sure anyone that's been to protests will know there's always some people there that are looking for trouble but equally i think the idea that that the police are not also some of the riot police are also looking for trouble there was a documentary following the riot police in london having a big bust up with i think it was a national front or bmp or it might have been some of the uh tommy what's his name's lads and the officer going in they were like what are you hoping for at this riot he goes a bit of sport that was one of the riot police took it he wanted a bit of sport in other words he wants it to kick off yeah like they want the fight why else would you fucking join the fucking riot police like you want there to be trouble yeah so you've, you've... how do you like they're not just there to keep the peace they are there in case it kicks off and that does attract a certain kind of person 
Like sure. you can't just suggest that all these people that are joined the right was I oh, just joined it to keep the streets safe and protect statues. <laughs> they want there to be a bit of fucking trouble because otherwise they don't get to swing their sticks and hold up their shields and and cattle people and shit like that. So yeah. there, it definitely it happens on both sides. But I honestly think the police's responsibility is to let people protest, not to fucking shut it down. That's the point. No, and I think that's it, been removed. And that's what happened this time as well. Like it was, it was people protesting, and then the police moving in and saying, "You need to stop this right now." And then them getting irate, and it led to and this then people con- get confrontation. angry. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, there's okay. I mean, I'm sure there are times where there's no provocation needed and you know things get damaged and things get out of control or whatever but i'd say uh, like I, I i would probably wager that a lot of the time police turning up and then trying to move people along and uh, and and trying to to stop them from doing what they're doing uh, just aggravates the mob right and right. and then things get out of hand off the back of that like it's i mean you wouldn't like it if you're being shoved around by the police no, people course, people's response is to be negative and and fight back like that's just human nature yeah to ignore that i think is these ridiculous. people are, are riled up they're out there right. for a reason most people aren't going to be leaving their house um to protest unless it really means something I've to them i mean great Jesus. respect for these i've got great respect for people who do go out there and, and protest and i i mean i'm too, i'm just too much of a pussy I think, <laughs> yeah, or, or too i'm too comfortable in my existence to, to feel like i want to go out there and, and do it but definitely like i have like seeing the hong kong protests and everyone out there oh my man, God. it's so, it's it's so like it's, it's amazing to see people you know standing up for something that they feel strongly about and i think that um great great respect to people who who do I mean, i'm sure some people listening to this will disagree with with our opinions on this and that that's fine but the point is you're allowed to to protest that and you're allowed to disagree yeah. if you look at hong kong the act of protest itself is being made illegal that is an issue and yeah, if you for don't sure. see that as a problem just because you're like here's the thing just because you're not on these protesters side doesn't mean you shouldn't defend what they're doing that's the whole yeah, point they still have a right to speak they have a right to to protest or whatever but the nobody wants there to be a, a violent protest nobody wants a riot you know what i mean like there the, right. it affects everybody at that point even if you have nothing to do with it you're not involved with it there's there's knock on effects down the road right like and, and nobody wants that but it's you know it's un- unfortunately it's just one of those things that will always happen because a lot of these things are just handled so poorly in the first place i mean yeah. handled so, so poorly about. that people feel like they have to protest in the first place i mean what yeah. the fuck We're, we elect these fucking people what are they doing it's all the time <laughs> it's their it's fucking so strange fault, though. though every but time then again, people are people are always gonna protest you know even like the fucking um religious people saying you know we hate fags or whatever do you remember that whole that whole family who used to do that at protest yeah. Westboro, you know, Westboro service Baptist, with funerals yeah. Baptist, you know yeah. they were they were obviously uh, crazy but at the same time they they were doing this this thing and and it was the and so there are protests that are bad too of right course, there's loads yeah, of, of negative protests happening and uh, but I, I wonder how what the other options are if there even are any I wonder how this history of protests has bled through time and become this thing where in order to get noticed, you have to cause disruption. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like, I, I just, I'm so ignorant about this whole world, really. And I don't really understand. I mean, I suppose it, it's impossible for us to actually know the, the truth of any riot. How I, do I think you, you make You have change, to look at the you know, core of you... what were they protesting about? Yeah. How was, how was it instigated? What kicked this off? It's interesting. Do, does there's... this affect me in some way? There's like a... the police bill does affect everybody like that's the protests or the 
the Sarah Everard stuff. It does affect people. I think it's easy. Like Lewis said, I, I don't go to these protests. No, I, mean, I, for I don't start, either. I mean, I, I remember we were in central London. They had they shut down Waterloo Bridge. The uh, Extinction Rebellion guys had shut it down. They were handing out pot plants to people. They were handing them out. You walk around, they give you a plant. And like as, as a way of saying, you know, support the protest. They gave you <laughs> they gave me a little potted plant. I was like, this is the nicest protest ever. Yeah. And I look at those people and I think they're not going to be set on fire to no. fans. And but they're painted as the bad guy. So yeah. part of the reason is if there's a, if there's a protest... And you turn up with heavy riot gear and police vans and drive vans into people, it turns into a riot. Now they're rioters. They're not protesters anymore. All I'm saying yeah. is at least look and look at what the people doing the protests were like. When did it get violent? And what was the motivation for it to turn violent if there was no reason for it to turn violent? That's what made, what's the difference between a protest and a, a basically a deliberate riot, which I don't support. I think it's very easy for de deliberate violence to be seeded by negative groups as well. You know, you, it's like a it's like a catalyst for stuff. You know, if you have an angry police who are looking for a fight or, you know, you plant a bunch of angry mobs into a more peaceful protest, I think it can... This is all political conspiracy bullshit, really. But yeah, I think it's a, it's it's a, a mess. funny... It's a fucking mess. It's a mess. You know what it we should all mess. do? Man, it's a mess. And you know what? I'm glad that we do an hour podcast every week where we can sort it out because I think the world needs <laughs> this. I think that's, uh, the world's ready for us to sort this out. Let's get let's put our fucking rubber gloves on and let's get put our fucking in hands in the bit. toilet and let's unclog yeah. this shit. Put us in charge for a bit, government. G give us a week. <laughs> Cost give me, me a the week. Plunger. Give us one week to fix this. And if we don't, fair enough. You can have it back. <laughs> I'll put my hands Give up. Us one week. I'll put my hands up and I'll say, I failed. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but at least you tried. Fuck me, man. Oh, Jeez. Oh my god. Well, there you go. Thank you. That's enough for that this week. Uh, that went a bit it's serious, a little heated. but it, it, it's kind of interesting because it's happening in my backyard. Hey, listen, I just want to say if you are um, if you are interested in um, in 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 riots for whatever reason, in anything we've said today, uh, there's a, there's look a good uh, there's a good documentary yeah. on Netflix called LA ninety two about the um, about the LA riots following the uh, Rodney King stuff, and there was a I think it was the I, I think it was the arrest of a uh, of a woman as well relating to possibly like a murder or something. But it, there was like some some bullshittery around that one as well. I think it's something again to do with the police. Um, and then the uh, and then the, the guys who uh, beat Rodney King uh, not um, there was no justice for that. You know, they all got like uh, they got let off or whatever. And then there was the riots in, in L.A. I think this is this is actually something which is a problem as well, though, because I think I mean, I saw a lot of kind of very American, you know, all cops are bastards, a lot of very, yeah. very reddity kind of stuff out about around this riot. Yeah. And I think it's partly because we're so plugged into the American culture yeah. that we plug it into our own. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we, I mean, the, the Bristol police have, have been very, are very sure, different yeah. to... But no, it's a, it's um, an interesting documentary because it covers everything. It covers like the the sort of like causes of it. Um, and then, um, you know, the, the actual riot itself. But then the, the knock-on effects as well. I mean, it cost the city, it was... It was Astronomical, it, like billions of dollars in oh, reparations crazy, and yeah. stuff. It was I mean, unbelievable. The LA riots were, were, were unbelievable. Yeah. They, were, they were massive. It was crazy. Yeah, but yeah, really interesting. If um, if you're if you're interested to like find out more about some of this kind of stuff, yeah. It's a good yeah, call. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. No problem. They call me Mr. Documentary Man. I've got my uh, finger on the pulse. I watch a lot of documentaries. So if you ever need it's any so documentary advice, uh, you so let me know. So interesting. Yeah, thanks very much. Well, we'll thanks. do. Cheers, All right, thank you, for, thank you, everybody. Have a lovely yeah. week. See you See next time. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.